everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and today I have with me Mark Newsom, aka Mr. Marketing. He is a small business consultant, and he is looking at non-traditional cash flow generation. He specializes in helping small business owners and service providers alike inexpensively discover and monetize what they previously considered dead or greatly underutilized assets or resources. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Brad, or Rob, pardon me. It's my honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, no problem, my friend. I, listen, so tell me a little bit about your background. Like, where did you come from? How did you get to be Mr. Marketing? Well, I, I'll give your, your audience the super condensed version so I don't put anybody to sleep. But basically, I'm in a, uh, a niche area of real estate investing, or some people call it creative real estate investing. It's where the owners take back part of the financing and the slang uh, definition of it is called paper, which means they're holding some form of debt. And because that industry, in my opinion, was so far in the dinosaur age with marketing, several people started approaching me because I kind of got on the circuit and started, you know, being invited to speak and talk about the marketing aspect of it. And the short of it is several friends of mine said, listen, man, the stuff you teach about headlines, backends, you should be teaching this to a broader audience, small business owners. And I thought, you know something? They're right. And so I sort of, in the late 90s, transitioned over. And the internet hadn't, you know, it was nowhere near as developed as it is now. There was no social media. And as a direct result of doing that, man, I find that this, this is the spot. I am so glad I made the transition and got it. Uh, a blog now, self-hosted WordPress blog. And I'm on social media, not as active as I could and should be, but I'm there. And now podcasting comes along, guest podcasting, and I get to spread my brand and message by being on fabulous shows like you. So here I am. Hey, fantastic. And it, it is one of those things. It's interesting because part of the reason I do this show is because we have people who have knowledge in specific areas and they don't realize how that knowledge actually is beneficial to people outside of their exact field of study. And let me give you an example. We had a, a friend of mine who drives a gas truck. I had him on. He was my guest and we talked about problem solving and his thing he said, and I thought this is a gold nugget of wisdom, and that is instead of having to solve a problem, the best thing to do is anticipate it and prevent it from happening. And that way you don't have to worry about solving it at all. And I'm like, that, dude, that's a genius, okay? And yet here he is, he's driving a gas truck and he's thinking like, yeah, I'm just working with what's in front of me. And yet <laughs> as we learn to work with what's in front of us, we begin to develop skills that have a broader impact. Absolutely. Good so. Point. So tell me that you're working on social media. Social media is one of those really weird things to me that you can become totally consumed with it and not be all that productive. How do you kind of find a balance between productive use of social media and, you know, still being able to, to do all the rest of the stuff in your marketing and everything that you've got to do? Well, you, you just made the point. I think the main thing is you got to go in with a plan and a strategy. And like you said, you got to kind of put the blinders on and stick to the plan and get out. I, in fact, I heard a lady say, this is a great line, Rob. She said, I view social media like using a public bathroom. I want to get in and out as quickly as possible. And I, you know what? That's just like 
a perfect analogy, but to piggyback off what you're saying, let me share something really, really important with your audience that you know, and, and they need to know this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are currently rocking social media, and I hope you are, Rob is, I am, you should be too, but remember this and don't ever forget this. You and I do not own those platforms. The Mark Zuckerbergs of this world are the landlords and they can pull the plug at any time. And Rob and I will tell you the time you and I are going to spend together in this, this uh, episode, ladies and gentlemen, somewhere in the world, somebody's having their account or accounts shut down for the first, second, or third and permanent time. They're done. So it's okay to leverage social media. You should be leveraging. What do you mean, Mark? Driving that audience to something you own and control, like your own email list or text message list. But don't rely solely on social media. You know, you hear this nonsense about, oh, you don't need a website if you or a blog. If you, if you have a hobby, I agree with that. If you're trying to run a business, you need a home base somewhere. And it can't just be social media because new management could come in, take a look at what you're doing and say, ah, I don't like that. You get a notice, you're shut down. It happens every day. So remember, we're the tenants, they're the landlords, act accordingly. It's very important. You know, I've never actually thought about that, but what you say makes so much sense. Because, and it's not just the, it's not just social media. In some ways, it's, you know, we talk about search engine optimization all the time. And I was listening to a guy the other day who was saying, Google changes their algorithm up to nine times a day. Okay. And so where you had, you know, I had my website was ranking real high for one search term. And the next day I went in and boom, it's not there anymore. And all of that traffic gone. Right. So I've got to be able, what you're saying is developing multiple forms of relationships, but making sure that the foundational relationship is one that you actually have the control over. Right. Uh, There you go. Absolutely. In fact, just to piggyback off something you already said, ladies and gentlemen, you heard recently that the president of the United States banned a social media platform, TikTok, whether you're for it or against it. The point is, somebody took control away from it. So all the people rocking on TikTok, guess what? (laughs) You got to change. So the point is, like he's saying, and and you know what? You make an excellent point about search engine optimization, because I went through the same thing, although I'm happy to tell you, Rob, ladies and gentlemen, this guest podcasting has tripled my uh, DA, domain authority, I was down around pre-COVID, 17 or 18. This is after Google did the shuffle and, and took me from 25 down to 17. And now with the guest podcasting, this is according to Hrefs now, hrefs.com, I'm up to 29. And this is in a four-month period. Now, again, it could it may do the shuffle again, but the point is these authority sites like Rob's uh, program and these other programs pointing back to my site, Google, you know, the, the old saying, Rob, uh, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. I'm moving up in the search engines again. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. If, ladies and gentlemen, do you know this, Rob? Have you, how many times have you shared this with your audience? Ladies and gentlemen, have you heard this? In America, now I don't know about around the world, the average person fears public speaking above fear of dying. So that means they're afraid to get in front of the camera and do what Rob and I are doing or be uh, audio tape. So if you don't have a fear, get in front of the camera and, and get yourself recorded. You know, it's so funny that you say that. Uh, as a public speaker, I, 
I'm aware of that. I don't know if you know this, Mark. Do you remember the show Seinfeld? Because of course, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld had a joke, which was uh, when you find out that the fear of public speaking is higher than the fear of death. At a funeral, the guy who's giving the eulogy is more afraid of doing what he's doing than the guy in the casket is of doing what he did. Isn't that the truth? I mean, now you know. Wow, now you know I hadn't heard it put that way, but that is a fabulous way of 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 making this point, ladies and gentlemen. One other thing, because we we got a lot to cover in a short period of time. Pardon me, but I I just piggyback off what he's saying. Zoom, z double o m dot u s. Zoom said pre COVID. Listen at this. Worldwide, they estimated they had about 10 million users. Now, I don't know how many are using the free, like myself, <clears throat> pardon me, or using the pay. After COVID, within 60 days, Zoom says they now have 300 million users worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a fancy way of saying opportun- the opportunity bell is ringing incredibly loud. Meaning if you have information to share and you're willing to get in front of the camera or be audio tape, there is a world. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what 1% of 300 million is? I'd say enough. Okay, so if you and I can get 1% of a $300 million market or half a percent, you'll be doing very, very well. So if you can get past the fear, now, if you have a phobia about doing it, I'm not trying to push you into it. I'm saying if you're past the phobia, get on start guest podcasting or if you want to start your own podcast or do both but get recorded and get video recorded because the market's huge and the people are salivating trying to find information that will help them solve solve pardon their problems and their challenges so mark it's it's kind of interesting to me i do a lot of work because of my disability i do a lot of work in advocacy and i talk to people about building what i have termed an advocacy toolbox and with the advocacy toolbox, there is, you know, you can write a letter to your congressman, you can call your congressman, you can fax your congressman, you can send an email to somebody, you can get out and, you know, do a demonstration somewhere, you can be involved in hopefully a peaceful protest that is done by law-abiding citizens with respect Absolutely. for other people. Right. Um, you can, if you are comfortable, you can call into a talk show, you can go on a podcast and you know, present your perspective, whatever it is, but there are just so many different ways to get the message out there. So I agree with you being a guest on podcast. Fantastic. There are places where you can do guest blogs. Uh, and you know, those are also authority sites. We had a, a guest on not too long ago who talked about being a contributor to online sites like Huffington post and Forbes.com and all of these places where you're putting your message out there and you are showing that you have an expertise you have an understanding in an area that not everybody else does. And as you share that, it helps you to become an authority. And as, as an authority, people then are willing to hire you and to bring you in to say, how can you teach what you know to my people so that they improve as well? Absolutely. And on a, on a tangential side note, one of the things that I've done, I've got uh, three books that I have written, Mark. And Wow, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I, I encourage folks that I actually believe that everybody has a book in them. And the reason I believe that is this. In this day and age of computers, when you buy a new computer, you get a USB drive and you stick it in the old computer and you download all of the stuff from the old computer. 
on the USB drive, then you stick it in the new computer and all of your stuff from the old one is now on the new one and you, it was just like you never missed a beat. You just have a newer, faster, nicer computer. Absolutely. But with humans, we don't have that, um, we don't have that ability, right? So when anybody passes away, the knowledge and wisdom that they have gained over the course of their lifetime goes with them, That's unless so there's cool. some way that they have figured out to pass that along. And sharing that knowledge in a book is something that is, you know, it preserves your legacy. It shares your knowledge. It, it helps that wisdom to go out there. But also when you write a book, you become an author. And what is the first part of authority? It's author. That's, that's huge. So I listen with, we're on a roll. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we got a I, I just watched Smokey and the Bandit the other day, and I was <laughs> okay. we got a long way to go and a short time right. to get there. So uh, okay. we're going to do what they say can't be done. I, oh, let's do it. So talk to me. One of the things that you and I had uh, kind of discussed previously was about getting referrals. And, and okay. um, tell me a little bit about how are you landing referrals that are, are good solid referral because listen there's all kinds of referrals out there is that's right somebody willing to connect you say yeah well, i how do you generate solid referrals that are going to lead to future business it is that a real expensive process or yeah it depends if you if you do it the traditional way absolutely ladies and gentlemen I'm, boy this almost sounds like a setup question but ladies and gentlemen let me show you a simple example and rob i'm going to use you in this case study hypothetical situation okay well, two things thing. I want you to pretend for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, that Rob has a retail jewelry store. He's a single location. He's non-franchised. So he's the boss. So, you know, he and his wife or he and his, his, his uh, brother or whoever, they own this uh, single location retail jewelry store. And there's some big players in his market. And he obviously doesn't have the budget to go head to head with these people to spend anywhere from 75000 to to $100,000 a month and even more during the, the end of the year with the uh, holiday rush. Two doors down in this mini strip mall is a uh, women's facial treatment center. Now, let me show you a simple example. The women, one of the, the uh, women from the uh, facial treatment center, and there's also two doors down the other side, a women's hair salon. And let's say the, 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 the owner, this lady, Michelle, just make up a fictitious lady. She comes into Rob's shop and Rob said, I'm going to, I'm, Rob, I'm going to, is it okay if I share with your audience? The magic question? Dude, I'm all about magic questions. Let's go. Okay. We're going to see if this Mr. Marketing guy really has the goods right here now. Rob has no idea what I'm going to say, so we're going to get his honest uh, uh, feedback. Rob, is it okay if I periodically refer you to new business? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that? Rob said he's open. And I'm telling you statistically, 95 to 98% of the time, because nothing's perfect, you know, but death and taxes, right? 95 to 98% of the time, statistically speaking, as long as you know the person, have an established rapport with them, you ask them the magic question, your vendors, current and future, and you're going to get an emphatic yes. Now, Rob, by the same token, as long as it doesn't take away from anything you're currently doing or will be doing in the immediate future, are you okay with periodically returning the favor? Of course. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what you don't know that I'm going to uh, translate for you. From, from Rob's answer. He's telling you, Mark, not only will you get access to the current vendors and resources and assets I have right now, but my future 
current assets, resources, and contacts. You're going to get uh, access to either directly or indirectly because he said he will periodically refer me new business. He's open to doing that. So having said that, Rob asked uh, Michelle, he says, Michelle, is it okay if I periodically refer you new business? And she's, uh, yeah, especially in this, you know, this uh, healthcare-driven crisis redesigned economy. She's like, oh boy, Rob, that would that'll be a blessing. What do you have in mind? She says, well, you know what? I be totally honest with you, I don't have all the details worked out. This is a way of digging the well before you're actually thirsty. But he says, but you know what? As soon as I work it out, how about we go to lunch and I'll lay the whole thing out for you. She's and he's like, my treat. She's like, oh great. Now Rob has what he has, he's already got something in mind, but he doesn't want to go into it right then and there. Now here's the point. She says she's open. And Rob says, by the same token, Michelle, are you okay with periodically returning the favor? And she's like, absolutely. He says, okay, here's what I'd like to do. He takes her over to this case. And he says, take a look at these uh, diamond-studded earrings. They go from the started prices of $450 up to $850 a pair. He says, now, if you could get either the $650 pair or a $450 pair, which one would you like and why? She says, oh, my God, Rob. If I could get that $650 pair... I love him. He says, you know what my heart costs is for that? She says, no. He says, it's only half, 300 bucks. So I'll tell you what. If you work with me in what we call a collaboration, I'll let you have those earrings for $300. He says, but there's one condition. She's like, what? He says, when you come back to get them, you bring a friend with you who's not already a customer. As long as both of you join my opt-in email list or text message list, you can have them at that price, and I'll give your friend, as long as they're 18, the $450 pair for $200. Now, here's what Rob has really done, in case you guys haven't figured this out. He's created a walking, talking billboard. What do you think is going to happen when Michelle goes back to her shop rocking some $650 earrings she didn't have two days ago? Do you think the women sitting in her chair after that? And by the way, Rob, let's explain to your audience. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know the 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 real name of a women or uh, a women's hair or nail salon? It's Command Central. What do you mean, Mark? This is where you find out who just got promoted, who just got engaged, who's pregnant, who just had their first grandchild, who just lost their home in foreclosure, who's going through a messy divorce, who just got married, who just bought a new car, who just bought a new house. You're going to find out all of that at Command Central. But guess what else these ladies are going to want to know at some point when they sit down in Michelle's chair? Girl, where did you get those fabulous earrings? And she's going to say, well, you know, two doors over that shop, Rob's uh, house of jewelry. Yeah, I just got a, a, an arrangement with him. Go, well, what kind of arrangement? Talk, give me details. She whips out this little two-sided card that Rob's already market tested. Now, it's not a business card. It's a index card. Well, side A, Rob says, Dear value or future customer, exclamation point, please enter my free monthly drawing for a chance to win a beautiful $2,500 diamond studded necklace, exclamation point. And then he puts the website, which in reality is not his blog, ladies and gentlemen. It's a separate lead capture page. Now, you guys say, what's a lead capture page, Mark? It's just a site that the only thing you can do is either join his list or leave. There's no sidebars, no navigation. It's a simple, Google, what is a lead capture page? And, and you see what they are if you don't know what they are. Now, here's the other thing. Side two, this is where Rob is brilliant. Here's what side B says of the card. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this is, the, I'm paraphrasing what I'm saying. This is not etched in stone, but the concept. Here's what it basically says. D, 
dear valued potential future customer, please come to my shop. And it's going to be a handwritten date. And in this case, Michelle writes it in. It says, please come to my shop before this date. And it's 10 days out, not 10 business days, ladies and gentlemen, 10 physical days. Whatever she looks on the calendar, 10 days out, even if that includes a couple of weekends, I mean, a couple of the weekend days when they're not open, maybe he's closed on Sunday, but it's 10 days, not 10 business days, 10 days. It says, come to my shop alone. And you can save 10% off your first, off your, your next purchase, because they may already be a customer. Now, 10%, meaning some low amount, it says, however, simply for dragging a friend who's at least 18, you automatically save up to 50% up to $2,000. Now notice what just happened. Rob's competitors have to constantly go on local radio and primetime television, Sunday newspaper ads, and Rob tell them nobody can get business running one ad. Right? Yep. They got to do it over and over. In fact, they claim, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to take seven to 14 touches before you and I go, oh, this is an ad about jewelry. Now, Rob has just cut to the chase and said, drag a friend. We call this the McDonald's technique. Now, you know why, ladies and gentlemen? Have you ever gone into McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's and said, I'll have the quarter pounder uh, with cheese? And the, and the strawberry shake and the trained 16 to 17 year old all over the world automatically come back and say, would you like fries with that? Now they've just increased their gross daily profit by X without having to spend an additional nickel on traditionally outrageously expensive advertising. So Rob is cut to the chase because now everybody when they say, would you like fries with that? Doesn't take them up on it, right? But enough do that McDonald's bottom line and their stockholders and the CEOs with the huge bonuses, everybody's happy. Now get this. McDonald's wasn't satisfied with that, Rob. They took this to the next level. What do you mean, Mark? They figured out a way to upsell. We call that add on sale or upsell, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. Or if you just want to uh, get down and dirty, you just say increasing profits, okay? <laughs> so you don't have to get super fancy with it. But follow this. McDonald's figured out a way to upsell the upsell. How did they do that, Mark? After they asked you and I if we'd like fries with that, if we say, well, I'm sorry, if those who say yes, they come back and say, supersize you. Now they've just created two additional profits you and I did not expect to spend that money on. And because they're doing this all over the world every day, McDonald's is making billions and billions and billions of dollars to add to the, to the bottom line. So the reason we call this the McDonald's technique is because when Rob says for them to drag a friend, he's actually monitoring, if I give out 100 of these, how many of these people actually drag a friend? And it's going to be somewhere between zero and maybe 60%. Whatever it is, he's got an additional potential customer in the store that he didn't pay an additional nickel for. Now, granted, he's playing it on the profits, and that's the other concept we got to... Uh, cover really quick, Rob, so they don't get confused. Rob knows what is called his total, ideal customers, total lifetime customer value metrics. And for his retail jewelry business, it's something like this. A low, if you can call it that, $400, and a high of about $10,000. You say, well, how do you get these numbers, Mark? It's based on the fact that Rob knows his ideal customer is going to stick with him on average now. Between five and seven years, they're going to make 
X multiple repurchases. They're going to jump on social media, especially the ladies. They're going to show off their blame. They're going to be on Instagram and they're going to be pointing to Rob's store and testimonials. We add all that up. Rob can easily afford to let these two ladies rock out his bling because they work somewhere. They got neighbors, they got coworkers, future and past. They got relatives. And at Christmas, thanks, Thanksgiving, bar mitzvahs, they got a story to tell and the ladies want to hear it. You understand? Right? Now, here's the other thing. Really quick, let me just throw this in, Rob. When Michelle goes back to her shop, do you not know the other stylists are going to almost demand what What's the story, Michelle? When you left, you didn't have these yesterday. And she's going to say, oh, Rob told me to tell you, and she's going to hand each, she's going to hand each of these, her stylists, five of the stylists, a card, uh, this you know two-sided card. And she, she's going to say, Rob told me to tell you, if you can get there in the next two or three days, he's going to hook you up. Now, I don't know exactly what he means by that, but he pointed to some $450 earrings, and he said, you tell your girls to come in here, as long as they drag a friend with them, I will give them these two hundred, these four hundred fifty dollars earrings at my cost two fifty, and or actually his cost is two hundred. He's gonna make a slight little fifty dollar profit, but their friend that they drag with them, I'll let them get a pair of diamond studded earrings and also a bracelet. Both of you will get. It's a two hundred dollar bracelet, and Rob says you can have for hundred dollars each. Now what is Rob doing? He's avoiding having to go constantly on radio and television. He's now got Michelle, her five stylists, the friends they brought, the, Michelle, the friend Michelle bought, and each one of those women we work on the average, Rob, knows 25 women. And we say 30% of those 25 will become his uh, next customer. Now, there you go. Can I take this a step further? I, dude, you got like 30 seconds. Oh, well, here's the point. Rob tells Michelle every time she sends him 20 customers in a month, because he's got, you know, this huge budget, he'll pay her rental fee for the lease on her spot instead of going on, on television and billboards. Ladies and gentlemen, if we had more time, we'd really kill it. But you see the point. This is how you take a small business and make it a much larger business. I, I yeah. So, Mark, let me just say, for those of you who are listening to this on audio, I think it's hilarious to, to listen to Mark talk about a woman's hair salon. Because uh, Mark, I, first of all, Mark is a man. And second of all, um, I hope I don't hurt your feelings to say it, that my friend does not have a single hair on his own head. That's true. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so, Mark, if people are looking to get a hold of you, where can they find you? It, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to stop by my house, my blog, I would love to have you as a guest anytime. It's you, Y-O-U can market online now.com don't forget the now my brother for some reason always does Robbie says i can't find your website i say dude did you put the now on there he's like oh yeah 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 so it's you y-o-u can market online now student.com all right beautiful i will put that in the show notes and make sure the folks can get there I, thank you bud so mark listen you've been fantastic you have given us a ton of information i hope so anybody that's out there you got a podcast Listen, Mark's the man. He's got all kinds of good stuff. Awesome. So, thank you. Mark, you are smart. I have learned from you. It is now time 
to establish that you are indeed a person. It's three questions to establish okay, your humanity. Friend. You Let's ready for this, my friend? Yes. All right. Uh, so can you tell me one thing that is on your bucket list? This sounds probably trivial. I want to meet the prophet Marcus Lemonis. Don't ask me why, but I do. All right. I, if we have more time, I would ask for a better, uh, more information, but we're running short. I, okay. Let me, if you could relive one moment in your entire life, what moment would that be? Boy, without question, there was a time I really disappointed my mother. And if I could go back, she's still with us. So thank God for that. Uh, I would do things different. So that frown would be a smile. There you go. Last easy question for you, hopefully. Uh, since you brought your mother up. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is a good question. Okay. What is it that mom cooks that is your favorite meal of all time? Dude, my mother used to, she won't even make it anymore. She used to cook on Fridays, salmon croquette, french fries, and biscuits. She won't cook anymore. When I go to see her now, she claims she's retired. She can't make it right anymore. Okay, you say so. But my grandmother uh, had a sign in her kitchen that said something along that this kitchen is closed due to illness. The cook is sick of cooking, so. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, I guess I can understand. All right. Hey, Mark, listen, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Uh, I think that you have shared a lot of great information. And, you know, folks, go check out his website. I will remind all of my listeners, please subscribe, leave us some comments. And as always, when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a Isn't great day, everybody. Isn't that the truth? Fabulous. Man.